hot, hot, hot. Bring the heat. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Welcome to Speak Up Talk Radio. This program gets behind the environmental, social, political, educational, spiritual, and health decisions that affect our lives and futures, yet are not always determined by us, but rather by politics, business, and other self-interest groups. Investigative in nature, we go where mainstream stops. As a leader in the healthcare and patient safety world, I now expose current and relevant harms and charms that either endanger or improve our health, our freedom, our privacy, and our sanity. Most of us simply don't have time to pay attention to decisions that are being made on our behalf, decisions made by people who may have less than altruistic motives. And often we don't speak up because we are not aware. Well, this program changes that by being the voice for informed choice. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo. So happy that we're together once again. And as usual, I have lots to share today. So let's get started, shall we? Today, I'm going places I've never been before, especially on the air, but here we go. And I have a question for you. What does your poop say about you? We've all heard the sayings, you are what you eat, all disease begins in the gut, and since we can't take a look at our insides, our poop is the one visual that can give us a clue. So even though I approach today's conversation with a bit of humor, it really is quite an important message for our health and the health of our children and our families. And I just want to stress the value of this conversation that we are about to have with Dr. Kristen Strubel. Kristen is a mom, children's book author, and practicing pediatrician from Phoenix, Arizona since 2001. Kristen recently released a children's book titled How to Be a Poop Detective, which focuses on her passion, which is nutrition education. Her goal and reason for writing the book is to change traditional teaching of where children's calorie sources should come from. She is dedicated to promoting the message that a healthy diet is the very best medicine and that the body talks to us through our poop. And she has consistently been voted and recognized as both the top doc in Phoenix, Arizona, and as a Best Doctors of America. And I must say that this is the first time for me to say that I'm looking forward to talking about poop, but there I said it. So welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you so much, Pat. Thanks for having me today. Yes, yes. Lots to talk about. It's a very important topic, and sometimes people think it's taboo or silly, but we are going to debunk that myth right now. This really isn't just a message for children. This is a message for adults to pay attention to as well. Now, you say that we have a pooping problem epidemic in this country. Why is that? I think because our diets are really full of too much dairy. We overconsume it or probably more consume more dairy than any other country in the world. And keep in mind that we have one of the highest rates of osteoporosis. So a lot of people are fearful if their kids don't A, get enough protein, which dairy protein is really not that good for us. And then B, 
if they don't get their, their dairy, they're not going to have enough strong bones is really just is absolutely untrue. There's studies to show that you don't need it. In fact, you're healthier. Um, so constipation definitely, um, the pooping epidemic is, is from that. A lot of these kids that have constipation then fear going and so they withhold and then they have, you know, something called encopresis where they can't really even control the stool coming out. And it's, it's just a real big problem. So that's the pooping problem epidemic. And then also we're just eating a lot of processed foods. You know, it's quick, it's easy and that, you know, all these processed foods and, you know, high sugar content and very low nutrition, you know, definitely contributes to the problem. So it's, it's just tough that we live in a very fast paced society. And so we go for what's easy. And one of the things that I find to be a shame is just even in our schools that what's being fed to a lot of students really does reflect, you know, one of the biggest issues, which is obesity, constipation, chronic disease. And yet we're feeding these kids chocolate milk, strawberry milk, juice. They can't even bring water into the class, into the lunchroom. Or if they do want to bring it in, they have to pay for it, which really kids should only drink water. They don't need anything else. Between that and then the Pop-Tarts and the pizza that's being served, I think that's a real contributor to our pooping epidemic. And with that, chronic disease that mm-hmm. comes with it. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, the number of kids who have chronic eczema and asthma and allergies and, you know, chronic diseases, that, that could all be rectified by really changing diets early on. As you're talking about the uh, cafeteria food or the food they serve in schools, I'm really glad that you said that because the school should be a place where the kids can become educated about quality foods, and it just is sadly, sadly missing. I was thinking about how easy it is to serve cheese. Kids love the string cheese. Cheese is just a kind of a go-to snack, and it really debunks that whole thought that, oh, oh you've got to drink your milk. I, I know growing up, I was forced to sit at the table until I drank my milk. And what you're saying is the complete opposite of what we've kind of been ingrained to think as the proper thing to do. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And a lot of um, people will say, yep, that's what I had to do too. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that, man, I've had chronic irritable bowel and constipation and, you know, allergies. And, you know, I, I removed it all from my diet and I'm not bloated anymore. And I've lost 20 pounds and, you know, your immune system functions better and your allergies, when you have allergies burdening you, you're tired. And I have a family member who basically used to throw it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't digest it. So it is It is something that I do feel strongly that needs to be debunked. I actually, some kids that are in school have to write letters excusing them from drinking cow's milk in the lunchroom. Oh, it is, my. It is a rule. I mean, it, and even in the preschool. Wow. And it is a very common, by the way, cause of iron deficiency anemia in this country. Why? Because it blocks the absorption of iron and it actually causes micro-bleeding in the gut. So if kids are consuming more than oftentimes 24 to 30 ounces a day, which a lot of them are, mm-hmm. um, it's really, it's, it's not good. If kids just drink water, it would eliminate tons of extra calories that they absolutely don't need. Mm-hmm. No, and help flush out toxins. I mean, there's just so many benefits to that. It's a shame really what's going on in our schools on so many levels. And then you end out with these children that are all put on all kinds of crazy mind-altering drugs just to solve problems that might really stem from from at least a good start to good place to look would be their diet so absolutely 100 percent too yep so uh 
let's talk about the five S's and what okay. people should know about that. Yeah, so that's you know definitely the the central message, obviously, how to be a poop detective. So you're you know you're really supposed to focus and, and look at your poop. The five S's. So the first one is going to be the shape of the poop. So you know, kids, when you say, do you poop every day? Oh, yes, doctor, I do, I do. Okay, well, tell me about it. Does, what is it shaped like? And they kind of look at me puzzled. And so, again, I told you I had to draw it out. Well, is it shaped like a log or a snake? Or does it look like meatballs or softballs or footballs? And a huge percentage of the time, they say it's shaped like footballs or softballs or meatballs, which are all indicative of of constipation. Mm -hmm. So if the shape is a log or a hot dog, that's good. And the second is soft. So does that mean that I'm saying having to have kids touch their poop? No. But, you know, you can generally speaking tell when you're evacuating your bowels if what's coming out hurts. Is it hard? Is it causing discomfort? So it should really be soft. So, and it should sink to the bottom of the bowl because poop that floats can mean that there's a lot of fat that's not absorbed, a lot of processed foods that aren't being processed well in our gut. And then the color, it should be brown. It shouldn't be dark black. That can mean that you're, you have some bleeding, which would be very unusual in kids, but not in adults. Or there should not be red in the poop because obviously that can indicate that there's bleeding lower down in the intestinal tract. Mm -hmm. And then white would be a problem too. Again, and then the last one is shoot. So that's where the squatty potty and I, you know, that company and I really mm-hmm. align on, you know, our vision because so many people um, have a hard time getting their poop out because it's not soft. It's shaped abnormally, you know, the first two that I talked about. So if you are sitting in a squatting position, which the squatty potty allows you to do, it helps you to really get the poop out easily as it should. It really shouldn't be something that you have to sit there for 20 minutes and drain and, you know, be in pain. We're supposed to, as human beings, be in the squatting position when we poop. Um, it should shoot out if it's healthy. And so if you think about a toddler, I always like to compare it to them. When they are in a pull-up and they are pooping, generally speaking, they go in the corner and they squat. And that's because it's instinctual. To do that, you really don't have to use a ton of force, your muscles that really don't need to be used for that. So if they go and they squat in the corner, it comes out easy. But then we put them on big kid, you know, potties or our potties and, and it can be very hard for them to and confusing for them to go. So that squatty potty for them and then for us is super useful to really facilitate that last S, which is shoot. Thinking about uh, animals and dogs and cats, I recently interviewed a holistic veterinarian and she said to me that she could tell what kind of a diet a dog had, whether it was a raw diet, dry kibble or canned food by looking at the dog's poop. And obviously people are no different. Um, and, and it's quite an accurate diagnostic health barometer. And if you think dogs are, and cats, they're squatting the same kind of instinctual way as you say children do. Well, in other countries, you know, they, they squat on the mm-hmm. beach or they, mm-hmm. you know, in Asia, they squat. Our American toilets are an interesting phenomenon. And, you know, I didn't, it didn't really click even with myself until, you know, the squatty potty came out. And I was like, this is brilliant because, I, you know, I always tell kids to put, parents to put a little stool underneath the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, just so they don't feel like they're going to fall off the toilet, which is, you know, one of the fears too. But 
then the product came out and it really made sense for them to, to use it from, for the other, for the other reason, which is to, to put them in that natural position. So let's talk about the squatty potty a little bit uh, so folks can get a visual as to what that really is. So it's a bench that they've crafted to actually fit around the base of the toilet. So it's nice because it doesn't stick out of the room. It actually really just contours to the, the shape of the toilet. And it has a place to really show you where to put your feet so it does put you in the appropriate position. And when you sit down, put your legs are angled up. So, it, again, it puts you in that position and you squat. And you really don't have to use the muscles, again, that that are strained and shouldn't be strained and, and stretched. So it, it, it definitely, for a lot of people, has helped to um, mitigate the, the chronic you know, abdominal issues and, you know, colon issues. So mm-hmm. I think it's been a really important invention. So good for them. Wow, squatty potty. Does good that, for us. Exactly. Does that help people uh, to avoid hemorrhoids? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for us women, you know, uh, our muscles are rather stretched from childbirth and just from the nature of, of our hormones changing as we age. So if we are able to not utilize those muscles, I do truly feel like that will help us long term to, you know, to not have a lot of the, the issues that we deal with as we age. And even the kids who um, are bedwetters, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes they're bedwetters because they're not able to completely evacuate their colon and um, they essentially, that stool puts pressure on their urethra and therefore they're they're not emptying appropriately. So... When they go to bed, they're even though they're might you know urinate before bed, they still might have some some you know urine stuck in their bladder. That's another, by the way, common reason for kids, common reason for um, kids to actually develop recurrent urinary tract infections if they're chronically constipated for the same reason because what's called the rectal vault is very stretched mm-hmm. and it puts pressure on the the tube that drains the bladder called the urethra, and so you have a lot of urine that will just sit in the bladder and bacteria build up. So if your kiddo has chronic urinary tract infections, ask them what their poop looks like. Draw it out. Have them identify it. And if your chronic kiddo has chronic leaking, it's not their fault. It's that they literally have a colon that's super stretched and not able to move itself properly because of chronic constipation. So there's just a lot of health implications from that. And I think Squatty Potty is really, really useful in that it, it helps to really evacuate like we're supposed to a lot easier. Interesting. Well, now we've, sure. co- we've covered quite a bit, but where can folks go then to learn more about you and where can they purchase your book? They can go to my website. Um, it's just my name. So it's kristinstrubel.com. So that's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-S-T-R-U-B-L-E.com. Um, you can go directly to Amazon too and purchase my book. If you live in Phoenix, I do sell it in my office. So that's another route. Excellent. So that's kristenstrubel.com. Well, folks, we've learned today that healthy poop indicates a healthy gut and as a result, a healthier body. So before you flush, remember the five S's, shape, soft, sink, shade, and shoot. And with that, I think we've said it all. Kristen, thank you so much for sharing you and your book and your practice with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, Pat. You have a wonderful, beautiful day. Hi there, this is Mrs. Green, and I'd love you to be a part of my world. It's a world filled with amazing people, 
interesting and engaging ideas all related to the preservation of this great planet of ours. We interview people from all over the world about topics that I know will interest you, and we educate people in fun, informative ways and inspire them to take small steps so that together we can make a big impact. Please visit my website at mrsgreensworld.com to learn more and become a part of our world. She is a dear friend of mine with lots to share with you. She even has a book, and you can reach her by phone at 520-230-3977. That's 520-230-3977. Or visit her website, mrsgreensworld.com. Hi, I'm Jana Panaritas, host of the AgeWise podcast, where we talk about aging in a different way. We hear from professionals in the field and people like you, unsung heroes caring for family members, friends, and relatives amid the demands of your own life. Join me each week as we laugh, cry, and share. And know you're not alone. Listen to a brand new episode every week at speakuptalkradio.com. To learn more about the show, visit the AgeWise website. That's A-G-E-W-Y-Z dot com. If you or someone you know is in the caregiver role, check out her website and purchase her book. Visit agewise.com, and that's spelled A-G-E-W-Y-Z. Or give her a call, 800-590-2129. That's 800-590-2129. Fragrance-free is the way to be. Is your health being destroyed by other people's toxic fragrances? Have you ever given any thought to secondhand fragrance contamination? While the use of perfume, cologne, air fresheners, and scented laundry products has become so commonplace that the indoor air quality of public places is more toxic than it was when people could freely smoke tobacco wherever and whenever they wished. The term secondhand fragrance is used to describe the combination of smells that are released into the public airspace from the scented products that people use on their skin, hair, and clothing. It also includes products that intentionally add fragrance to the air, such as air fresheners, car fresheners, and scented candles. The fragrances are called secondhand because the decision of one person to use fragrances pollutes the air for everyone. People who don't use fragrances or who can't tolerate them are often then forced to breathe the contaminated air that everyone shares. (laughs) And this reminds me of the time Bob and I and another couple were eating out at a fondue restaurant in North Carolina. The tables were tight and close together. We were happily dipping our goodies into the different cheeses when the host seated another couple right next to us. This woman screamed of fragrance as she entered the room. The smell grabbed your nose and nearly twisted it off. Before she even sat down, our eyes were watering as a defensive reaction to the pollution. She sat down and we continued to eat. Bob dropped his fork and summoned the waitress. Can we please move to a different table, he asked. The waitress looked dumbfounded and so did our guests. I was quite shocked as well that Bob would make such a bold move. He said, we can't eat with that smell. Everything is beginning to taste like perfume. So with that, the four of us got up, grabbing our silverware, glasses, and napkins, and moved across the restaurant. Now at that time, I just thought it was the smell factor. But now I know. 
perfume, cologne, and products that indicate that they contain fragrance are made from a combination of manufactured chemical compounds. Solvents and other chemicals are added to the mixture in an attempt to make the fragrance behave as if it was an essential oil derived directly from a plant. The fragrances in these products are chemical concoctions that are toxic to all people. Almost all perfume and cologne sold today is derived from petroleum and coal tar. They're not made from flowers and sweet-smelling plants, as advertising might suggest. Even very expensive perfumes may be made from 95% synthetic ingredients. So it's just a myth that it's only a smell and it won't hurt you. Any molecular substance that becomes airborne can enter the nasal passages, your nose, and come in contact with receptor sites used for perceiving smell. Some substances bypass the blood-brain barrier and enter the brain. This means that there is a constant flow of substances entering your brain, whether or not your brain can identify the name of the substance or not. And as soon as you smell perfume, air fresheners, scented candles, laundry detergent, or dryer sheets, you've already absorbed them into your body. And this leads me to the use of cell phones, which is known to create tiny holes in the blood-brain barrier, thus allowing more of these toxic chemicals into your brain. Now, the average fragrance product tested contained 14 secret chemicals not listed on the label. Among them are chemicals associated with hormone disruption and allergic reaction. And many have not been assessed for safety in personal care products. And this includes sunscreens. Fragrance secrecy is legal due to a giant loophole in the Federal Fair Packaging and Labeling Act of 1973, claiming that to disclose would be leaking trade secrets. And to make matters worse, the FDA lacks the authority to require manufacturers to test cosmetics for safety, including fragrance products, before they're sold to consumers. As a result, you may be using a perfume, a cologne, a body spray, or other scented cosmetics like lotion and aftershave, and exposing yourself to chemicals that may increase your risk for certain health problems. So let's reveal some popular brands. Secret Chemicals. Laboratory tests revealed 38 secret chemicals in 17 brand name products, with an average of 14 secret chemicals per product. American Eagle 77 contained 24 secret chemicals, nearly twice the average found in other products, such as Britney Spears Curious, Calvin Klein Eternity, Hannah Montana Secret Celebrity. Giorgio Armani's Aqua Di Gio contained 19 different sensitizing chemicals that can trigger allergic reactions, more than any other product tested. And a total of 12 different hormone-disrupting chemicals were found in the tested products, with an average of four in each of these products, Halle by Halle Berry, Quicksilver for Men, and Jennifer Lopez J-Lo Glow. In each product, six of these chemicals mimic the hormone estrogen, and the seventh is associated with thyroid effects. Now we should figure, the perfume industry is a very big business with extremely high profit margins. They make a lot of money, and they provide high profitability to the retailers who handle their products. The actual liquid in a typical bottle of $150 perfume is less than 1% of the retail cost. The bottle, the box, the display carton typically cost four to six times more than the fragrance itself. And manufacturers pay premium prices for special stoppers, sometimes as much as for the bottle. They also pay for decorating the bottle and for filling, shipping, and packing it. All these extraneous costs might bring the cost of a filled bottle 
to about $20. A quarter-ounce bottle of perfume that sells for $150 is a combination of alcohol and chemically transformed petroleum. And sometimes it might contain a tiny percentage of essential oil. Well, translating this into the lives of people, we see that approximately 95 million adults and children in America experience health problems caused by the chemicals that other people put on their skin, their hair, and on their clothing. These chemicals, which include fragrances, cause a variety of negative reactions, including exhaustion, weakness, hay fever symptoms, dizziness, difficulty concentrating, confusion, headaches, rashes, muscle aches, heart palpitations, nausea, stomach cramps, and on and on and on. Babies and children are even more vulnerable to these negative health reactions than are adults. The elderly and people trying to recover from cancer and other serious illnesses are particularly at risk when exposed. But despite this, 85% of women still wear perfume, although that number may be falling. Additionally, over 60% of men use cologne and aftershave. And finally, think about it. Most public restrooms have some type of air freshener and almost all have scented hand soap. All of this secondhand chemical pollution makes life very difficult for the millions of Americans who become ill when exposed to fragrances. The greatest challenge to cleaning up public air is perfume addiction. Daily users of perfume, cologne, and highly scented laundry products are commonly addicted to the chemicals in these products. This is true for all segments of society, including public health professionals and medical care professionals. The offices of most doctors continue to be saturated with synthetic fragrances from cleaning products, air fresheners, and perfume worn by the staff, even though there is a growing documentation that this presents a problem for some patients. So I'm asking if you're a healthcare provider, a doctor, a nurse, an aide, a transporter, whatever, please keep this in mind. Don't wear perfumes to work and suggest to the powers that be at your hospital or healthcare facility that you adopt a fragrance-free workplace. Air contamination caused by perfume and cologne and other scented products should not be just another barrier to healing while in the hospital or doctor's office. I mean, whatever happened to the idea of healthcare without harm? How can a sick body heal while bombarded with chemicals and not to mention microwave radiation given off by wireless technology that abounds in every hospital these days? Well, that's like a one-two punch. So here's today's call to action. Whether you feel it or not, why subject your wallet and your body to such high-priced chemicals that do nothing but erode your wealth and your health? I say, become fragrance-free. It's the way to be. Stay safe from little-known health care hazards. To learn more, go to speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com. Well, there you have it. Another speedy show all about poop. A palindrome, actually, spelled the same backward and forward. There you go. Something to think about. And before we go, I do have to share something with you. <laughs> that I heard in a restaurant restroom last week. I went in to wash my hands prior to eating and the bathroom was a two-seater. Apparently two people were each in a stall doing their thing and neither knew that I walked in. I heard the gal in stall number one say, hi, how are you? And the person next to her in stall two sounded embarrassed, but she replied, uh, I'm fine, thanks. Then stall number one asked, 
So what are you up to? Install two replied, um, just the same as you sitting here. Stall number one asked, can I come over? <laughs> Stall two sounded scared and annoyed and she said, um, actually I'm a little busy right now. Then stall one said, listen, I'll have to call you back. There's an idiot next door who keeps answering all of my questions. <laughs> I nearly fell over with laughter and I was seriously crying as I walked out. All right, I'm done. Sorry, just had to share that with you. Oh, but then, get this, when I sat down to eat, one of the gals who was obviously in the restroom, I watched her walk out of the bathroom. She came up next to me and she asked, <laughs> is this stool taken? All right, I'm done. Okay. Be sure to come back next week for some more life-changing information. Same time, same place, but ah, uh, never the same information. Until then, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week. Free from poop conversations on the radio, I am Pat Rulo, and I am the voice for informed choice.